Welcome to the Deep Spirituality Podcast. Today, I'm here with Ray Kim, and we're going to talk a little bit about inspiration, because inspiration is so critically important, especially in the midst of a pandemic. If you're in the Bay Area or California, we're dealing with fires. If you're in the Southeast, you're dealing with hurricanes. It seems like we aren't getting anything in 2020 in ones. We're getting it in twos, threes, fours, fives, and sixes. And so wherever you might be, at work, at home, and maybe home is work, uh, my guess is if you're like myself, if you're like Ray Kim, who's with me today, you're in search of inspiration. Uh, I know, Ray, you've been following the playoffs, the NBA playoffs, and uh, I'm certain you're oh, yeah. inspired by the Los Angeles Lakers since you came from Southern California and were a fan of the Lakers of the, right. uh, the Magic Johnson era, as I was, though I was on the other coast. Um, one of the things that's inspired me a lot is watching the Miami Heat. Because the Miami Heat, who made it to the championship, are a collection of guys who prior to this season, you would not have picked any of them to be significant with regard to winning the championship. The only person you probably, any of us probably knew, was Jimmy Butler. Uh, Maybe, what is his name? Drogic? Is that his name? Uh, Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic, yeah. Maybe maybe him if if you were a Phoenix fan going back. But generally, these guys in some ways are no names. And, and, and I'm not saying they're no bodies because all of them have incredible talent. But it inspired me. And it made me notice that I watched that, them play. And then also I watched a great Netflix show that I'd recommend to everybody, Enola Holmes, which has the uh, young lady from Stranger Things in it. And uh, she is incredible in that movie. Uh, and it, it was a very inspiring movie. And I find that one of the things I'm always looking for in the middle of a pandemic, uh, being uh, uh, kept at home, uh, uh, always having to think about hand washing, mask wearing, uh, social distancing. Uh, There's an incredible amount of stress involved with those things that have added stress to all of our lives. I find that in the middle of it, I need inspiration. Uh, So have you found things that have inspired you or have you seen that in your life, Ray? Yeah, I mean, I tell you that the Washington NBA, one, I was glad the NBA resumed. And then watching the, as you mentioned, Russ, I mean, I love the Lakers. But one thing I was, I was talking to some friends about earlier this morning was I'm looking forward to watching it because I like the, the relationship that, and the influence that LeBron is having with uh, Anthony Davis. And yet, that's interesting. A guy who is, in, yeah, you got a guy in Anthony Davis who is obviously an all-star, won Olympic gold medal in the past. But seeing how much he's grown, not as a player, but seeing his, um, he's figuring out what his role is, what his strengths are, and he's constantly in all these post-game interviews I'm watching, he's always talking about LeBron's leadership and influence, and teaching him how to prepare, teaching him how to take care of his body, and. I'm thinking, you know, we see what they do on the court, but I'm thinking, wow, it's all these things that happen in their back and forth in their relationship and settling them down, talking to them during the games and, and getting them in a playoff mindset that I'm like, wow, leadership and seeing LeBron, it's not just that he's still a, one of the greatest players, but seeing the influence he's having in Anthony Davis, it's I, I see the rest of the team buying in. So that's been pretty fun and inspiring for me to watch. Yeah, I think it's important that all of us find things to watch besides uh, the networks. Because uh, if you watch too much news, you're going to get overwhelmed. They're going to they're going to feed it to you, and they're going to give it to you in large yeah, doses. Um, and if you keep consuming it, you're going to be in trouble. And I've known a lot of people 
who have just sat there and left it on. You know, when I was in Washington, D.C., I used to spend a lot of time on Capitol Hill, and I would be going by senators' offices and congressmen's offices for a variety of reasons. And when I would go by, one of the things they do, and I'm sure they still do it now, is they would leave C-SPAN on, and they would leave the news on all day. And to me, they had to so that they would not miss anything that might be happening in the world around them. But I always thought, wow, that would be a challenge. And now... I see it in society. If you're out there listening today, one of the reasons we're talking about watching things and thinking about things that are inspiring is because we need a lot of encouragement right now, a lot of joy. I don't know where you might be. Uh, there's a tremendous, I've said it already, but there's a tremendous amount of stress. One of the things we want to talk about in the podcast today is what kind of life do we want to live? And specifically, you know, I've done some talking about that, and I think, Ray, you're familiar with some of the things I've taught about that, is there's four mm-hmm. kinds of lives that I think that we kind of fall into. Obviously, you could make more or you could make less. An inspired life, an ordinary life, an entitled life, or an apathetic life. And I know I've spent time in each of those categories. But at a time like this, I think it's incredibly easy to get into a position where we can end up thinking, well, I just don't know if I want to have an inspired life because it's, it, it takes too much energy and it takes too much effort, and it puts me in harm's way. It gives me more responsibility. Um, people will expect too much from me. And so I'd rather settle for an ordinary life. And I think right now there are a lot of people who are thinking, uh, you know, there's a lot of negative thinking going on. This pandemic's going to last forever. COVID-19 will never go away. The vaccine won't come till the end of 2021 or 2022. And so what happens is we all start putting our lives on hold and saying, you know what? I don't want to take any risk. We become very risk averse. I don't want to go out of the house. I don't want to think about my future. I just want to find safety. I think, I don't know about you, but I've sat there and thought, man, I would love to be in Montana. I've never been to Montana in my life. I'd love to be in Montana and get away from everything and feel safe. Although Montana has its own share of infection. But that's what we want to talk about. Inspired, ordinary, entitled, or apathetic life. Uh, And this is something that uh, I think um, uh, a lot of us maybe aren't taking the time to think about. And what I mean by that, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Ray, is how are we living each day? Sometimes we go so fast, we don't think, how are we living each day? An interesting passage of Scripture in Psalm 25 says in verse 14 and 15, only those who stand in awe of the eternal will have intimacy with him and he will reveal his covenant to them. This is the part I really love in verse 15. Perpetually, my focus takes me to the eternal because he will set me free from the traps laid for me. Perpetually, my focus takes me to the eternal. My view of God is, based on Romans 8, 28, is he works everything out for the good. I think the voice translation says, He works it out so we have a good and beautiful life. In Psalm 25, I just read the voice translation in verse 14 and 15, that awe of God makes us have intimacy. I think when we have awe, when we're looking and we're saying, God is beyond my comprehension, both his power and his purposes. He's beyond my comprehension, both his uh, awareness and understanding of me, uh, as well as his capacity to teach me and to forgive me. And he reaches everywhere. And because he's beyond my comprehension, that means that anything that I do with him will go beyond my imagination. That's Ephesians 3. If you go back and read that in verse 20 and and 20 and 21, 
where he says that God will give us even more than we ask or imagine. And I think right now it's a tempting time to become very small in our thinking. And I think when we get small in our thinking, we end up being very ordinary. We end up saying, I'd rather have ordinary. Or we get entitled and we walk around and we complain a lot about what we don't have or how our life hasn't worked out. Or we get apathetic and we just quit. And so I want to get you talking a little bit about how do you see your relationship with God? What do you see of the people around you is the struggle they might have between choosing these four types of lives? Yeah, that's a a great question. I think the way I see myself, I've always wanted inspired life, but that scripture you read, Psalm 25, uh, as well as the talk you gave the other day, it helped me see more of how much I, I am so used to living in ordinary life, meaning my mindset is, man, how do I help my kids just get through when we, when we were first shelter in place? Man, how do I get my kids through this distance learning uh, before the schools opened up? And let me just survive right. one day or one week at a time and make sure the kids aren't, aren't getting stir crazy or melting down. Right. And so my relationship with God became more of, okay, God, I need a little help here in the moment. So I wasn't thinking about anything beyond just, you know, the, the end of the day or school. So I, so I struggle with being really small based on the current circumstances or the stresses that go on in our home and our family right. rather than actually taking, taking a step back and having the kinds of, uh, reflective times or prayers, uh, like verse 15, that whole perpetually focus, like perpetually my focus takes me back to God. Right. I think perpetually the stresses and anxieties have led me to miss the opportunities where I actually got, I see God moving and, and changing me during this time, uh, changing me personally as a dad, changing uh me personally as a husband where amy and I are now that we actually are around each other the more we're, we're having to have a lot more conversations to connect to get on the same page and help each other through this um so i see that happening right now and i think a lot of families i've talked to are waiting for the shelter in place to end because getting out it, it does something to us where we actually get perspective where, oh, I'm outside the house. We, I'm around other people. It gives perspective. And I think people miss that. Um, and, and there's a level of stress that people are living under. So when you at least think, under friends I've talked to. When you think about God and your relationship with God, what are the most inspiring things that you see in your relationship with God? When are you at the most inspired? Because I think a lot of people kind of want to know, how do I even get inspired? Because it's one thing to talk about awe. It's one thing to talk about keeping a perpetual focus. But I think sometimes the emphasis can be on what we're doing wrong instead of how do we do right, how we are messing up mm-hmm. instead of how do we get on track. And so I, I think they might, a couple of tips from you on how do you get inspired by God? I don't mean inspired like to go out and read your Bible and pray, but literally God moves inside of you to make you think of a vision or a dream or an opportunity that you need to take advantage of in the here and now. Because to me, having your perpetual focus on God isn't just walking around and saying, oh, let me think about God. Let me remember God. Let me. I think that's good. But I think having a perpetual focus on God is focusing on the possibilities of your life with God, focusing on what God can do, and then and then letting him do it. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I think, I mean, one thing that has actually been helping me um, is I've been talking to just different friends and think, and finding, learning, Hey, what are they doing? 
um, during these times to, to change their routine, innovate. Um, you know, I came across some friends at uh, USF the other day. We, we drove by, we were taking a walk. And so it happens that the, the videographer was out there for the school and she was talking about possibilities of, man, there's so much we could be doing live streaming or on Zoom to continue helping kids with um, inclusion, uh, to build inclusion because we were involved with uh, e-hoops and inclusive program. And so she started talking about, man, here's some ways we could reach other kids. Here's some things that we could be doing with these basketball players to reach these um, kids with special needs. And that led to realizing, wow, God is actually moving here. And I had not even thought about it. And then another friend of mine um, called me up saying, hey, I had this idea. And also seeing how God is bringing these opportunities, um, even in the midst of these, these uh, times. But that was one thing that I just thought, man, the more I talk to people outside, the more my mind changes and I start seeing the possibilities and people are bringing up ideas. And it gets me stirring it stirred up and thinking about opportunities and ideas. Um, you know, and I'm like, wow, God is actually still moving in those ways. Um, another conversation I had is we've been, I was taking a walk down to the Marine. And one of the things that helps me get to stay inspired is going to places that just bring back some memories where I remember just some turning points in my life, um, turning points in my relationship with my dad, turning points in my relationship with my family. And when I'm out on the water praying and I just kind of see everything, I see the view, I see everything. It reminds me of those times where I had these conversations with God, where he came through uh -huh. and it led me to having those kind of sharing those things with Amy, my wife, sharing those things with uh, my family members and sisters. And I think sometimes I have to get away and take some of these walks or slow down. Think about all that God has done because I get so easily focused, like you were saying, Russ, on all the small and, and the issues at hand versus, wow, I see God actually has done and continues to do bigger things in my family, in my relationships. Um, so those are some of the things that keeps me inspired. When you, when you, when you think about, you know, you were talking earlier about LeBron James and Anthony Davis and LeBron James went from Cleveland to LA. Then he got Anthony Davis to come there. So LeBron James had a big vision. When you think about big vision for your life, do you have any big visions? Do you have any things that you think about, man, I think God could do this amazing thing. You know, something that, that, that just, you, you almost don't even want to speak it because you're afraid if you say it, people will hold you to it and you don't want to get held to it. Oh, and I man. actually think that's part of how we decide what life we choose is we decide what life we choose by how much possibility we're allowing God, we're willing to allow God to have in our lives. But the, and it's okay if you don't have one clear on your mind right now, but I'm just wondering if that perpetual focus on God that that sense of awe of God has made you think, wow, one day I really believe this could happen. And I, I, I kind of want to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to say, I don't always have, I don't have a clear one right now. I mean, uh -huh. the, the biggest thing that has come to my mind is I feel like I'm very lucky and I get to live in San Francisco. Uh -huh. And one of the biggest thoughts I've always had is, man, wouldn't it be great if I could reach and, you know, team up with some of these incredible, um, you know, uh, CEOs and business leaders and influencers, um, 
especially here in San Francisco, there's so many uh, startups. I have a friend of mine who's on his third startup and just talking with him and thinking, man, what can we do to, you know, get all these people together to actually not just do something in business, but for me, I thought, man, how can we actually get, get influence in changing our culture here, uh, changing uh, or building something that actually brings a lot more awareness about, um, kids with special needs, uh, you know, with, I'm reminded of that with my son every day. And I'm just like, man, there's, there's so much talent. There's so much resources. There's so many resources here that we're just not leveraging. And how do I get that? Um, you know, that's one of the things I've thought about. Another one is, you know, we have the chase center that built here and, you know, I, I see a lot of Warriors fans and, and, um, I've run into some people who work for them. And I'm thinking, man, we're right here in San Francisco. What can we do to make a huge difference in the community here to get people thinking right. more about helping each other versus just building their own life? Right. Um, so those so, are so, some of the things so those, I those, those have kind of Those have kind of been banging around in your head, but you were saying earlier that you didn't really have a clear, a clear one. <laughs> yeah, not a clear cut one. <laughs> not a clear cut one. I mean, these are all... I sometimes think this is my more like imagination or wishful thinking. Um, well, I, you know, see, I think totally, it's important. I think it's very normal. Most of us normally walk around and we're trying to live our lives, right? And so when you're trying to live your life, which, you know, I try to live mine, what do we do? We go, okay, well, what, what, what do I, Seth Godin had, a, had a, a book called, I believe, I think it was him, called Survival is Not Enough. And I think a lot of the time we spend our time trying to survive, and when you get into survival mode, meaning how do I make it through each day, which you have kids, I have kids, you have responsibilities, I have responsibilities, I'm getting older, got to watch the health, got to make sure I take care of that, think about the future of my kids, make sure I can pay my bills. Uh, those are just things I have to do every day. Um, and, and when you get into, at least when I get into trying to make everything work, the next thing I know, I'm living an ordinary life. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there very ordinary. Uh, there's no drive that is for something bigger than making sure I get the things done I need to do. And I worry in the pandemic that a lot of us are getting into a mode where all we're thinking about is how do I survive the pandemic? How do I survive and not live in a place where the fires are going to go? Uh, how do I right. uh, get to a place uh, where I can afford to live uh, in the Bay Area, and maybe I can't afford to live in the Bay Area, so I've got to go somewhere else and find a way to survive. And I think that survival mentality is dangerous. And I think uh, you know you're a leader, and I'm a leader, um, and 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 we've come along in that way. We have to remember, I think, that people really need to be inspired. Yeah. So what I do a lot of the times is I think when I read my Bible, I think a lot about okay, what does it take for me to be inspired? Like how do I get there? And maybe this is a good topic for us to talk about. One of the stories that I love is Abraham and Lot in the Bible. It's an incredibly good story about how to live an inspired life. And there's a passage in Genesis 13, in verse 8, it says, So Abraham said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me, or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. So the backstory on that is that Abraham was following God's mission to go to a land, and God didn't even tell Abraham where it was going to be. He was like, I just need you to go. And I don't know about you, but I face times in my life where I feel like 
God has said, I just need you to go. Here's, you got, here's some special needs kids in your family. I need you to go. I just want you to go. I'm like, where, where do you want me to go? I mean, I've never had special. I had, I had no experience with special needs kids growing up. I had no education about special needs kids growing up. And yet God said, here you go. I want you to go. And I'm like, go, go where? Why do I have to go? And the interesting thing to me is where he wanted me to go, I knew nothing about. It was really hard. And I had a lot of responsibility. And when I look at Abraham, that's what Abraham got. Abraham got the, I want you to go. And I'm not going to tell you where you're going. You just need to go. And then Lot, his nephew, I believe it is, his Lot goes, hey, I'm going to go along too. And there's a lot of story there, but I'm not going to get all the details. Yeah. But basically, they go through a lot. And the ne- that sounds interesting. They go through a lot and Lot joined <laughs> him. But the lot I'm talking yeah. about is the events. So Abraham and Lot, right, they get going and they go through some different issues and challenges and pretty soon they essentially become rich because lots with Abraham, he ends up becoming rich. I mean, they're pretty rich. Now, Lot probably yeah. wouldn't have been rich if he hadn't hung with Abraham because Abraham was doing what God wanted him to do. But here's the trick. Lot was going with Abraham. Lot didn't necessarily have a personal mission from God in his life. He was along with the guy who had the mission. And my concern a lot, there's another one, a lot. A lot of my concern, uh, got some, <laughs> some double meaning going on there, is that many of us can become lot where we're going through life with a guy who has big vision, but we have no big vision. And so here's what happens. Right. They get rich, right? Now, remember, they're rich, but Abraham has a vision from God. Lot is just with Abraham. I once had a guy tell me that was training me. He said um, uh, for, for work. He said, you know, at some point, you need to not just be the guy who hangs with me and is mentored by me. You need to grow up and do, do something yourself. Some people like it when they get an intern or a, a, a someone a, that they can mentor that's always kind of with them and doing what they want. But the best leaders say, I don't want you to always be sort of subjugated to me. I don't always want you to be this pup that I carry around. I want you to go out there and do your thing. So here's what happens with Abraham and Lot, right? They're, they've got so much stuff that they're crowding each other. They're, the guys who work for them are getting in fights. And so Abraham says, look, let's not have all this. We're close relatives. Let's not make this worse. So here's the deal. In verse 9, he says, is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. So like a good mentor, Abraham says, I'm not going to try to control what you choose. You just choose one and I'll choose the other one. And that's the most amazing thing to me. Abraham's like not even slightly worried. Why? I think he's not worried because he knows, well, God's been guiding me. I don't have to control it all because God works it out. And I wish I was like Abraham, Ray, quite frankly. I wish I was I, yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I, I wish I wish I was that trusting of God. I'm a control freak, oh, right? God. Then in verse 10, I, w- I want to really zero in on this. In verse 10, Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan toward Zoar was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. 
And in parentheses, it says, this was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So you know two things. One, you know, this land is very fertile. It's going to be easy to farm, and you're going to get produce out of there super easy, and you're going to continue to get even wealthier. But there's a side note. It happens to be near Sodom and Gomorrah, some towns that have some significant dysfunction. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And look what happens, verse 11. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east, the two men party company. So Lot looked and basically said, I'm going to take the best land. I'm taking the best land. Now, I'm sure at that point in Lot's life, he thought, I'm being very inspiring. I'm going to the best land. I'm going to go to the place where the, where the rent and the mortgages are cheaper, where the groceries are cheaper, where I can have the, the whatever kind of car he wanted to drive, whatever kind of boat he wanted to ride in, whatever kind of river he wanted to fish in. He was like, I'm going there. I'm going to get it all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it happen. And I'm sure if you go on the line, hey, Lot, are you inspired? He go, are you kidding me? I'm totally inspired. I got the water. <laughs> right. I got the garden of the Lord. I'm feeling good. You're right. I, that's what I think is going on. Yeah. Now let's look yeah. at verse 12. It just kind of says in verse 12, Abraham lived in the land of Canaan while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Abraham in some ways is the story, but all he gets is, you know, basically seven words before the parenthesis. Uh, Abraham lived in the land of, or apostrophe, Abraham lived in the land of Canaan while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. So now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. Here's the thing. Oftentimes the easiest life isn't always the righteous life. And oftentimes when we feel we're in control, we're not actually in control. We're being controlled. What was Lot being controlled by? Lot was being controlled by what we're all controlled by. At a moment of stress and a moment of choice, he chose easy. He chose what his eyes told him was best. Abraham didn't worry about it. If we extrapolate it out, Abraham saw with the eyes of faith. I actually think that Lot, and there's a whole lot more story there, but we're not going to get into it. You can go back and you can read all of it and you'll be, let me just tell you, friends out there and folks, you'll be shocked at how the choice of easy turned out pretty hard for Lot. And I think that's a story of life. When we always look for easy, we oftentimes end up with hard. But when we go with faith and purpose, we often end up with easier. It's a long-term thing. You know, it's a really long-term thing. Let's go back to your boy, LeBron. When he was in Cleveland, He couldn't get it done. He couldn't win championships. But you look at LeBron now. And people say, well, he went to Miami. Come on, people. This guy, everywhere he's gone. Is this his 10th time in the championship? Yeah. Yeah, It's his 10th time. Yeah. 10 times. I don't care how many he's won. What if someone told you you get to win the presidency 10 times? You don't care. You're like, okay, so four or five of the times I wasn't great at being president. But the other six, pretty good, (laughs) huh? Right? And so... Here's what I look at. When we ask the question, what kind of life do we want to live? I think we have to ask, am I wanting easy? Because I'm going to tell you right now, easy is ordinary 
entitled and apathetic. I don't care. I deserve. I don't want to be bothered. Ordinaries, I don't want to be bothered. Entitled, I deserve it. And apathetic is I don't care. And I think those are always, it's always easier to go ordinary. It's always easier to go entitled. And it's always easier to go apathetic. But to go inspired is Abraham. Abraham said, I don't need control. Pick the land you want. I think if we read the rest of the Bible, we know it worked out pretty awesome for Abraham. In Romans chapter four, it says that all of us who are Christians should follow in the footsteps of his faith, that the way we live our lives should be inspired. Abraham took the land that inspired him because that was with the purposes of God. So to me, one of the things we have to do today is encourage everybody, hey, if your life's hard right now, don't worry. Don't worry about that. You're probably on the path of Abraham. If your life's easy, you might be on the path of Abraham too. But if you're always choosing easy, you better worry because Lot's life just did not work out all that good. What do you think, Ray? Man, that's, that's some really good stuff right there because it, it, it makes me think about, um, as I'm reflecting on my life, it makes me think about the relationships that I've had. And there's easy relationships where I'm like, I don't want to build, I don't want conflict. I want to avoid, but then there's the difficult ones. And those are the ones where I feel like, man, it led to something bigger that I never thought God was going to bring about, whether it starts with Amy, whether it started with my dad, whether it starts with even the friends I have now. And it makes me also see that if I don't, if I don't have that kind of faith in God, that kind of belief that God is always doing something good and beautiful with my life, it's too easy for me to keep on selling for that easy and not seeing, no, there's a bigger vision all, all along the way. Like you were talking about Abraham and Lot. And I, man, it's, it's so true when you talk about when we keep on to, when I keep choosing the easy route, it gets harder later because part of it is I'm taking, I'm taking the shortcuts and not developing the kind of internal strength or the character or the convictions along the way that actually prepare me for the bigger vision or the bigger purpose that God actually had for me uh, all along. Um, it makes me think about when my when I first found out that my son had some sensory issues and, and other special needs. I think initially I was angry and resentful because I wanted an easy life. Now I look back, we just celebrated his uh, birthday just last week. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like I couldn't have the kind of family or appreciate the kind of help and friends in my life had it not been for that. And it's, it's definitely changed me. I'm pretty far from perfect right now, but it's led to something bigger, um, being able to influence other friends and families and being able to uh, dive into a whole different world, uh, a community that I would have never understood or been familiar with with um, special needs. Yeah, it's um, you know it's interesting. So, it's interesting. You know, it's amazing. It's interesting to me because I you know I know your son, and uh, he's he's quite a character. He's got quite a personality, and I think it he's an, I think he's an awesome kid. But I think there are there are, the things you're talking about. Sometimes we'll phrase things as I did it. You know. We have a kid with a learning disability or we have a kid with a unique need. But really what we have is a kid. And I think there are a lot of people out there that right. that need the freedom to do what we do. 
which is it doesn't mean our kids aren't great and it doesn't mean they can't accomplish a lot. What it means is we're not afraid to acknowledge that there's a hard thing they may have to overcome on the way to their destiny. And I think there are a lot of kids, teenagers, uh, middle schoolers, elementary school age kids that that as parents, we just need to be willing to say it's not it's not something negative if if you say, hey, my kid has dyslexia. It's not negative. It's a path. It's a path. And I I think even when we talk about it, we have to talk about it, I think, with a degree of joy like you just did, where a degree of hopefulness. And I, I honestly think that when you choose easy, you don't want to talk about anything that's hard. You want to bury it. I think that I used to do that, suppress my emotions because I only wanted to talk about what was easy. I can tell you right now, anything worth doing is usually going to involve hard because accomplishing great things involves overcoming obstacles, learning new things, reinventing yourself. And I think that's what you've done, Ray. I don't think so much that you've gone through a hard time from my vantage point as much as I've seen you reinvent yourself and start to learn things in life that you didn't even know you were going to need to learn. And that to me is inspiring. And sometimes, and you're probably in this situation yourself, sometimes you don't even realize how inspiring your life is because you're so busy living it. And that's one of the reasons why we have to have friends who can tell us that. You know, a good way to end this podcast is with the wisdom of Albus Dumbledore. And you know what he says, Ray? I'm going to tell you whether you want to know or not. I want to know. I want to know. You're hungry. Dark times lie ahead of us, and there will be a time when we must choose between what is easy and what is right. If you want to know how to live an inspired life, check out Albus, check out Abraham, check out of the ordinary, check out of the entitled, check out of the apathetic, and allow yourself to experience wonder. We hope you join us again for another podcast. I want to thank Ray for being my guest today. And be sure of this, we'll have more Deep Spirituality podcasts coming to you. And we hope you can share them with your friends. Don't forget, if you haven't already, to subscribe to our channel, our newsletter. You can go on there and do that. We would really appreciate it. And if you're a leader and you're kind of working in the secular world or whatever, we'll also put links in for our new launch called Lead Different. And it's a site that's not just about like, you know, for church going folk or Christian folk. It's a site for anybody who wants to learn about leadership, emotions, spirituality, how they all work together intricately to produce, I think, a leader who can lead different. Thanks again for listening. We hope you'll keep up with us at Deep Spirituality and uh, have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time choosing the right way.